Welcome back to your Valley Sports Plugs Roundtable for January 11th, 2024. I am your host, Chris Patrick, joined as always by Mr. Michael Benjamin and VSP Tallman. We are here to bring you some NFL season review, some Cardinals season review and predictions on the upcoming playoffs. Not going to talk about the Suns tonight because quite frankly, Michael Benjamin is sick of it. But before we introduce the rest of our guests joining us this evening, I got to know how these guys are doing. Mike, what's going on, buddy? I'm doing great, man. But I don't know. It looks like Tallman is extra chilly over there. Tallman. You turn the heater on yet? Come on, brother. Oh man, I'm I'm as ice cold as the suns right now. Um, my feet are cold, my hands are cold, but bundled up, son, ready to go. We're gonna turn it around tonight, though, right? Let's go. That's it. It's been so cold the past couple of mornings. I gotta leave the house like just after six a.m. So I actually put on my snowboard jacket a couple days going into work because it's it's <laughs> you're, chilly. And- you're- kidding me i'm not kidding you until the until the heater starts starts cranking i'm just like oh, shivering my ass off tell you us like yes yeah, tell us you're from like arizona, arizona boy there yeah, yeah, yeah. without <laughs> telling us you're from arizona i'm warm-blooded man but let without further ado let's go ahead and get right into it and introduce the fellas joining us this evening we got a full panel so i gotta introduce him first you know him you love him my brother and valley sports plug contributor matt What's going on, bro? What's up, everybody? How you doing? Alleged adult is an average description. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, keeping on going on here, of course, another consistent Valley Sports Club contributor and Arizona State University expert, Mr. Ben Miller. You are also muted. I'll unmute you. What's hey. up? And how about them Cowboys? I had to do a uh, the the truest Arizona sports uh, fan thing oh, and hop dang. on a bandwagon when we hit the playoffs because the birds are not doing it. You know, I'll give you a slight pass because you are physically in the Dallas area right now. So, you know, when in Rome, as they say, right? Also, it'll be 12 degrees on Monday. Jesus Christ. Hopefully you don't have a freeze like you guys did last winter where the pipes are bursting. Or that was two years ago, right? Three. Three years. It's it's been every single year. Just every year. uh, (laughs) Since the pandemic caused the weather. Well, you know, if things get real bad, you can just take your family down to Cancun and you'll be all right. Ooh. (laughs) And maybe too soon. Anyway, our last guest joining us this evening is Mr. T Jr., VSP Tallman's brother. How's it going, buddy? What is good, boys? Deal with a little bit of camera issues, but uh, that's not going to stop me from coming here and spitting the shit with you about all your terrible ideas and being a shitty Cowboys <laughs> fan over there. Could have picked any other team, dude, out of any other team. <laughs> Give, they them probably, they got a chance. Give them hell. They got a chance. So, But no, excited. Let's get to it. Hell yeah. Well, happy to have you guys here. Mike, what's up? Yo, two Tallmans in the building at once. I am <laughs> absolutely shocked and honored. To say the least. I'm ready, man. Let's do it. It's hard to get us together. Yeah, Tom and Squared. Tom and Squared. (laughs) We got two sets of two brothers. 
We've got Ben Miller and we got Mr. Benjamin here. So guys, like I said, we're going to talk about the NFL season. We're going to share our thoughts and some surprises that we saw throughout the season. We'll then transition to talking about your Arizona Cardinals and kind of how their season went, what we saw, the good, the bad, and plenty of ugly. And I'm not talking about Josh Dobbs, Tallman, so pump the brakes a little bit. And after that, we'll get into our uh, playoff predictions. That starts this Saturday, I believe, with the wild card round and uh, some interesting matchups on the board. So that'll be fun. But guys, like I said, talking about this NFL season at a high level, there were uh, there were some surprises, but I want to get your thoughts first. So we'll just go around the horn here. And I guess I'll let Mr. Benjamin share what he thought of this 2023-2024 NFL season. I think we had some of these conversations before, but I feel like there's a lot more lulls this season comparative to the past couple. Like we had some cool storylines. We had some, you know, guys have crazy weeks. We could talk like Josh Dobbs when he eventually gets traded to the Minnesota Vikings. But oh, man, I think we were just waiting for somebody to really cement themselves as like just perennial powerhouses. I think the only team that maybe really did that was the Baltimore Ravens. And I know we're going to have some more discussions on that. But surprising for me was how bad the Buffalo Bills started this season. When we talk about that crazy, I think it was a Monday night game against Denver when they missed that kick and they were really reeling. But they turned it around and hopefully it can make a push in the AFC I think another big one for me was the Cleveland Browns after losing Deshaun Watson. We were in the building when Nick Chubb went down for the season as well. But for them to have Joe Flacco come in and just absolutely propelled this offense into a playoff berth, I'm excited to see what they can do. I think the only other thing which was a nice surprise for me was the Philadelphia Eagles absolutely tanking the second half of this season. I would not be surprised if they get booted in the first round. Sorry, drama, but I'm looking forward to it. And those are what I got right now. So VSP Tallman, I guess on that note, is Joe Flacco elite? Hey, man, he came off the couch and he's kicking everyone's ass. You got to give that man some credit. Uh, Is he elite? Of course not. Come on. Um, but that is a huge surprise. I mean, they're, I don't think they have a chance to win at all, but I mean, what a great story. Um, another big one for me though, big surprise. Well, I don't know if it was really surprised, but more, um, proving himself was our hometown boy, Brock Purdy, proving that he is actually the man. Um, and he's getting all those MVP votes. It was great to see that, but I mean, I'm sure it surprised a lot of people, some of the stats he put up this year. Um, another one would be what's up with the Kansas city chiefs, man. At one point in the season, they turned to their defense and what happened to their high power offense. So, uh, but that was a couple of the storylines that I was seeing. Okay. Okay. Brock Purdy. I do like what he's done. Mr. T Cam Newton called Brock Purdy a game manager. Is that fair? Uh, I'm going to go unpopular opinion. I think that is fair. I think he is a system back. I think he plays in oh, a come great on. I think Kyle Shanahan is a great quarterback coach. I think he creates systems to where his core and it's, you can look at any quarterback he's worked with on any team. He has, I mean, it definitely takes, you have to obviously have the talent and the skill behind it. It's not just like the plug and play type thing, but, uh, to an extent, I agree with it. I guess when you look at the numbers and the statistics and him becoming San Francisco's, you know, all-time single season passing leader, uh, it's hard to argue. It's it's hard. So 
All right, uh, let me hit you with something real quick. Let's hear it. Let's hear so it. So I, I, me- I mentioned uh, Patrick Mahomes. He has had a step back year. We can all agree on that, right? Yep. He doesn't have the weapons, right? So are you because Patrick Mahomes didn't have a stellar, you know, uh, season, you know, stats wise, is he a system or product of the system? Is Patrick Mahomes a system quarterback? Uh, I mean, come on. If, obviously, if you plot Patrick Mahomes, I, you know, sure in you uh, the San Francisco's it. offense, it's going to be totally. It's you know, no one's going to beat that team. Yeah. No, I that that. I mean, yeah, someone's got to throw the ball. Someone's got to put it in the right spot. Hundred percent. That's where the it's talent, the most important position. The talent has to be there. It's not like you can go take like you or I or just because Mike's got the size, plug him in just because he can look over a line and throw, and he's not Kyler Murray getting ball slapped down. But uh, no, the, the talent's there. But I think my craziest story, dude, and when I was, I remember driving home, and when I got home to see and hear about it, was Aaron Rodgers. Four fucking plays. That was brutal. Oh my! <laughs> I literally goodness. got home, and by the time I got home, he was done. And I was like, "Wait, what?" I was like, "Oh no, there's Zach Wilson." I was like, what the hell's going on? And then Torn it goes, "Oh God!" So for me, that was probably my biggest takeaway. And then the Jets just not doing anything. Uh, them bringing back uh, Nathaniel Hackett and all that. Just that was my big story for uh, the year was Aaron Rodgers, and then him going insane, doing all the crazy stuff he's been doing. Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, yeah, he's the Pat McAfee yeah, show Pat MVP. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ASU caught a stray, just like just like Mike just caught a stray. My goodness, I'm used to it. <laughs> but yeah, no, with Pat, with Patrick Mahomes, like he still had Kelsey and Taylor Swift all season, and and that was fun for him. I've I've never seen a quarterback be so hyped up for an incomplete pass in the Super Bowl, like the. With the Jets and the Chiefs, the media just loved them so much and they loved to cover them. The Jets had so much hype in the offseason coming in and Rodgers going out just took the wind completely out of their sails to the point that uh, VSP Tallman couldn't even take them to win the Super Bowl this year like he did last year. Or, or was that last year or was that in the season preview? No, that was this year. Uh, that's that right. was my sleeper pick to win it all. And then, of course... Come fantasy football, I drafted Aaron Rodgers. Hold on. Don't add sleeper pick on top of All it. All right. I know. He, he's trying okay. to do damage control yeah, yeah. now. <laughs> exactly. Right. I, Massive damage control. Yeah, that fucking backfired. <laughs> but Ben, you're out there in Dallas. You've been uh, hearing the hype and seeing the hype with CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott, and that monstrous defense, everything they're doing. Are, are they for real? Or are they, are they going to do some damage in the playoffs here? And we'll get more into that, but like high level. Could they know. be? back is this the year are they them boys they are they are them them boys but i mean honestly there is no better duo and threat in the playoffs right now than uh dak and td lamb like it's absolutely insane and they're just gonna tear some people up unless they lose to green bay on sunday that's fair is there is there anything else that stood out to you this season dallas cowboys or otherwise you know, it's just the amount of quarterbacks and turnover uh, over the entire the entire uh, league this year. So many people have gotten hurt, some within the first two minutes of playing a game, the first game of the season. Um, shout out to Aaron Rodgers. But besides that, it's just been really a lot of guys who are bubbling up. You've seen people retire, you've seen people get hurt or just get benched. And you've seen a lot of guys across the league really step up and shine for their moment. Yeah, I mean, even talking about Dallas, they got Trey Lance from San Francisco because they completely gave up on him, and probably, you know, rightfully so. Joe Burrow goes out for the second season in a row. Tough break for him. 
Matt, my brother, we're talking about the Steelers, 17 straight seasons, over 500. Is Mike Tomlin, should he be in consideration for coach of the year, maybe coach of the decade? Uh, Well, I can tell you zero people gave them a shot at making the playoffs this year. So the fact that the Steelers are in the playoffs at all speaks volumes. Um, shout out to parity across the league, though. Uh, nobody won less than nine games to make the play or nine, nine victories is the minimum threshold to get in the playoffs this year. And I mean, if you look at the top of both leagues, you know, other than the Ravens, you've got teams separated by a game, maybe two at the most. I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of fireworks come this weekend, um, and especially with the way that teams have been fumbling the bag, especially in close games. Uh, You asked about the Steelers. Steelers have, since Mike Tomlin's been in Pittsburgh, the most single-point victories in the National Football League. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see what happens in this playoffs. Yeah, it's crazy that they even made it in. I mean, you and I were texting back and forth about all the scenarios that it was going to take in those last couple of weeks for them to even get there and doing it all with their third string quarterback, Mason Rudolph. And whether it's fair to call him a third string quarterback, maybe he's right up there with Mitch Trubisky as being like the second string. But I, you know, obviously, I don't know if, if you know Valley Sports Plug, if you know me and Matt, we were raised to be Steelers fans. Matt is still much more of a Steelers fan than I am, admittedly. I'm, I'm pretty much all in on the Cardinals these days. Um, but, yeah, that's a team uh, in the Cardinals that aren't going to be in the playoffs. And it was, it was kind of crazy throughout the season as we were watching the Cardinals and kind of hoping for the tank a little bit to get that high draft pick. A lot of people had Marvin Harrison Jr. in their sights from the jump. Uh, it is interesting, though, because at the beginning of the season, we were also thinking we could possibly be drafting one and two with the Houston Texans pick being in our belt, in our tool belt or whatever you want to call it. But they really surprised. They're in the fucking playoffs now, man. And I bet the Panthers are kicking themselves for taking Bryce Young instead of CJ Stroud, because that kid just looks like an absolute stud. I mean, like Mike, you had mentioned there, though, the Eagles. What do you think was really like their unraveling? Was it the tush push not really doing it for him anymore or just the the lack of play calling what was it you know what it was it was jg coming to the desert man they lost their identity on the defensive end at the end of the day they lost a lot of coordinators i think they lost both their defensive and offensive coordinators and they lost a lot of guys on that side of the ball and it really showed heavily within the second half of this season I mean, if we just talk about the Cardinals going into Philadelphia and basically having their way with them the entirety of that game and running all over that field, it was something special to see. But it's struck a divide in that team. I know after that game, people were talking about how A.J. Brown was really kind of at the course of that. And then he gets injured last week. I haven't looked at the reports. I don't know if he's going to be playing in the playoffs. So please, somebody tell me. But Man, it, it, I think for them, it all started on that side of the football. We talk about their Super Bowl run last year with the amount of sacks they had. I think almost 50 for the season, if not. So when you lose your identity there and in the trenches, it's hard to come back from basically at the end of the day. The tush push only can do you so much, right? You got to get to the goal line in order, in order to do it at the end of the day. Yeah, and and leading up to their downfall when they were having so much you know success with that play, there was a lot of talk of 
oh, the NFL needs to come in and do something, make a rule, make a change. And I don't know, maybe maybe just the way they performed in that back half, maybe they will, maybe they won't. It's hard to say, but guys, it, it was an interesting season. And I know recency bias, there's some things that happened on Black Monday this past week where a lot of head coaches were fired or transitioned into different roles within their team. One of the big ones being Bill Belichick out as the New England Patriots head coach. He said that he would like to come back to the organization at some point, which I think means that he's trying to take one of these other vacancies, whether it's the Falcons, the Titans, I guess the Seahawks now have an opening. VSP Tallman, where do you think Belichick lands? Oh, if I really had to throw a team out there, I would say the the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, because he's, he's going somewhere where he's going to win. I mean, the guy... Um, is wants to keep coaching. He made that very clear. Uh, he's what 14 career wins as a head coach away from uh, topping Don Shula as all time. So he's going to stick with this. So he's going to go somewhere where they have a good franchise quarterback where Justin Herbert obviously is a good quarterback. We, we know that. Um, and I think he's going to fit in with the, the Los Angeles chargers. If he's going to go anywhere. That's interesting. He's like completely switching which side of the country he's going to be on. Uh, Mr. T, uh, are you, would you agree with that assessment or what would be the more attract, like a, what could be a more attractive destination for Belichick? I, I agree. I think that that's what I would have picked was the charges. I think with Herbert, it's almost another opportunity to groom. He's got all the potential. He's got all the tools that he needs. He just needs somebody like a Bill Belichick. Look what he did with Tom Brady. Like I'm a huge Michigan fan. I have watched hundreds of highlights of Tom Brady at Michigan mediocre not anything spectacular to see him get matched up with who with bill and all that i think the chargers would make the most sense and i think he's sick of the cold weather i think what it's been 25 he was in cleveland before to the east coast i think this is a chance for him to go and not retire but like enjoy the benefits of retirement he's his way into retirement yeah Yeah. exactly but he's still he's still gonna i mean the team, the Chargers are great. I think their coaching is what has been the downfall for the last two years. We could all probably agree on that. And that coach has been, should have been fired along with, uh, what was it, Frank Reich with the Panthers, like week 10. So, so he, it, it's something where the writing's on the wall for that guy. I think it's the best place for Bill to go and carry on and to get, you know, that record to break Don Shula's record and to semi retire and maybe win another Super Bowl because I think the Chargers were pretty close. So I think that's where he goes. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that's a safe assessment. That's been a lot of the the talk and the chatter that's been going on. And I want to do I do want to talk a bit more about the coaching because we did see, like I said, a lot of vacancies pop up. Mike Vrabel surprise firing from the Titans. But I just remembered I want to ask the Tallmans, you know, either one of you can chime in. You know, I know you guys are both big Cardinals fans and Mike even mentioned Stefan Diggs struggling with the Bills and Josh Allen and that relationship seeming to be frayed a little bit. So I'm setting this up to ask you. Do you think that the Cardinals should try and target Stephon Diggs in a trade to bring him over here, possibly replacing Hollywood Brown next season? They got a lot of cap space. Oh man, I mean, I'm curious what Cody says. Uh, <laughs> I'm really no, curious. I, I'm going to say no, um, especially how this this upcoming draft's looking at uh, looking like. Where your position, um, it's very very possible, and I would even say likely that the first three picks of the draft are going to be quarterbacks. Um, so if you're staring at Marvin Harrison Jr., you're not trading any of your assets that you have for – I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say Diggs is past his prime, okay? 
Um, he has struggled at the end of the season, um, as you mentioned, but I, I don't see that as a, a viable trade option for the Cardinals. I think if something crazy happens and one of those first three teams take Marvin Harrison Jr., then maybe talk to me after the draft. <laughs> if well, we don't well, get anybody. So you're I, saying we're going to trade for another receiver in the middle of the draft. What happened last time? I when mean, we traded for a receiver. True. Oh, true. That, you just, you, yeah, you just Wilson, mentioned though. we're going to replace Michael him. Wilson has oh, stepped up. So maybe. Michael maybe Michael oh, I, I love Michael Wilson. You struck a chord there. Like, oh, man. Like he's, he's not a big no. Michael Wilson fan. Dude, no. I, he, again, next Michael season. Michael Wilson's he's, Michael Floyd 2.0, but he's just not oh, drinking. Man. Oh, come on. <laughs> He's just not getting are you, are you drinking right now? Dude, he, Floyd was a stud. He was amazing at Notre Dame. He came out. You were, We were huge Floyd fans. Don't even lie. Until he was no, drunk. Yeah. Oh, he, was, he was great. Yeah, I mean, I even but, applauded no, him for I, that. I, I think I, it would be a lot to give up for what is he over. Th- He's probably going to be like my age, which sucks to say. He's old. But, uh, yeah, I just it would be tough to give up, like Cody said, assets for somebody that might be on the decline who knows if he carries over last year into this next upcoming year or if that yeah, was just a product of him being frustrated or maybe the bills not using him properly or you know this year they didn't have to have josh allen be superman like he didn't have to do all his crazy so i don't know it depends yeah i mean he's 30 years old too and sounds like the dude's a diva man i mean he yeah. forces he forces way out of minnesota you hear about all this stuff where he's fighting on the sideline with his teammates with josh allen i mean i don't even would you even want that guy on your team no yeah uh, the, the, i mean he's a cancer. maybe i don't know i do you think he would mesh better with kyler than he did with josh allen i don't know yeah, I don't know. I just don't think uh, Cardinals are Cardinals are not trying to get old right now. We're trying to get young, so I I That's don't. A good point. Yeah, I, I don't see them, ever, you know, targeting anybody yeah. twenty nine thirty, giving up you know solid assets to get someone like that, regardless of if they're a superstar in the league or not. Yeah, and I didn't mean to strike a chord there. We're gonna have plenty of uh, conversation about the Cardinals coming up here in just a bit. Um, but Ben, going back to the uh, coaching turnover and, and just to touch on Bill Belichick again. Uh, you know, it kind of was under the impression that he could build these teams from nothing, turn them into something. And I think it almost goes back to the Brady Belichick question of who was really the key to their success since Brady left. The Patriots have, you know, for the most part struggled. Is that Belichick's fault or is that Mac Jones's fault? I like how Mac Jones could cause uh, two all-star Hall of Fame coaches to basically implode, being Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. Um, but also (laughs) exactly. Um, but also I think the biggest landing spot for Belichick could be Tennessee overall. Now Belichick has spent a lot of time, a lot of winning program winning uh, years when they won the Super Bowl, but he knows what it takes and what he needs to be successful in a specific location. And that means Tom Brady. Now, Tom Brady wanted to to come out of retirement and rejoin the league, but all of his friends and family apparently did a pre-secret retirement party and didn't tell him until that forced his hand, allegedly. So Belichick's on the open market. Tom Brady can come back and they can reunite in Nashville where Tom Brady will then disintegrate the moment he ever has to play against Michael Parsons. disintegrate oh man just absolutely first sack just falls into dust uh i would love to see tommy b come back and just 
have one more go. No, Tallman, you don't you don't no, want him to come back. No, it, you, you saw his commercial, man. He's done. He's retired. He, he's driving in Hertz vehicles. He, yeah, yeah, he's he's he doing just fine. It's a, and he he doesn't need to come back. Now I, I want to pass this one over to Matt with the opening in New England. Matt, do you think that Matt Vrabel might have a chance? I mean, he did have some really successful years in Tennessee. And what if we would see that flop? Or that flip-flop, I guess, right? With Vrabel going to New England and Belichick heading to Tennessee. Did he did he freeze? Uh we can't no hear you, Matt. No audio from Matt. Uh he's experiencing some technical difficulties. Just like the Steelers are, uh, they're pretty banged up. They got no quarterback, they got no TJ Watt. It's going to be tough. Um, but I guess since I can't ask him about the Steelers now that he's not here, uh, maybe we'll come back to him maybe when we talk about the playoffs and, and that coming up and the implications. Unless, unless, can we hear him now? Can you hear me now? We can hear him now. Perfect. Perfect. I'll ask him now. Um, Matt, do you want to answer Mike's question about the uh, coaching? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, kind of where things, if people end up flip-flopping or if we see maybe a call coach try and make the jump to the league uh, to fill one of these big vacancies. New England obviously is intriguing for a lot of people, but also Mac Jones is now like Thanos snapping people out of the league and out of other careers. So uh, maybe not the place you want to land. Tennessee, obviously with, you know, Levis being down there is obviously intriguing, but we didn't really see a ton out of him out outside of one really effective game. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know where that's going to go. Uh, I don't think Harbaugh's going anywhere. I think that's the one guy that's probably going to stay put for the time being, at least. Um, you know, I don't think Tom Brady goes to uh, Tennessee either, if for no other reason than the fact that he couldn't perform when he got hit when he was 30, let alone when he's 48 fucking years old or however old he is. So, you know, at this point, it'll be interesting to see if anybody's going to make the jump or if we're going to see a little bit of a bouncing around between teams and have just kind of a head coaching swap at this point. So be interesting to see what the next year brings. Wait, wait a minute. Okay. I, I like what you said there, but I'm sorry. Are you wearing a suit right now or am I, or is that a, just a jacket? No. Okay. Well, uh, just sure. okay. Like, but no. <laughs> this, this is a job interview. <laughs> he did have a job interview today. But Matt, um, you got we were having a little technical difficulties. You're talking about the Steelers. And like I said, you and I, we are pretty uh, familiar with the Steelers. This offseason, they're going to have some decisions to make. I mean, ever since Ben Roethlisberger retired, it's been this revolving door of quarterbacks, whether it's health or whatnot. I have some serious concerns as to whether Kenny Pickett is the guy or not. There's a lot of desirable quarterbacks in this draft. Do you think they stay down pat with him or do they look to go elsewhere with that? No, I think probably the most effective thing they could do with the capital that they have is not draft a QB this year. Uh, if it were me knowing that there are certain guys that are going to hit the market and you just want somebody to write the ship, I'd probably try to sign Ryan Tannehill this offseason. Because he's, he's not going to be in Tennessee next year, or at the very best, he's going to be sitting on the bench. I'm pretty sure his contract is up, or there's not much left on it. If there, if, if Will Levis is their guy, see if he can get Ryan Tannehill out of there. He, he was talking the other day after their last game that uh, 
he's not going to be there anymore. So he might be the guy if he's not, if he's not planning on retiring early at, th- at this point, at least as somebody that has proven he can do something. Oof. I mean, retiring early, he is 35 years old and still early for a QB, at least one that's still, still playing effectively. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, if you can keep him healthy in the pocket, I just I worry because I think that's kind of like what we did with Trubisky a little bit where we took him off the scrap pile from the Bears and he just wasn't at all what we were hoping he would be and kind of ended up throwing Pickett in, I think, a little quicker than we were hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Najee Harris not exactly living up to the hype. He did turn it up the end of the season. But true. At the end of the day, the Steelers are always going to be known for their defense. And that defense, I mean, had been humming. You got Alex Highsmith, Minka Fitzpatrick. Of course, TJ Watt, you can't go without mentioning him. But I, I don't know, man. I it's just a it's a tough division, kind of like mm-hmm. the Cardinals are dealing with in the in the NFC West. The AFC North is no joke, especially when you have a healthy Burrow, a healthy Deshaun Watson, and a healthy Lamar Jackson. Those are three solid quarterbacks that you're up against. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, you got three teams from that division in the in the playoffs. So, I mean, not that that's something that's out of the normal realm for the AFC North, but um, NFC West is a tough division as well. Um, you know, looking specifically um, at what the Seahawks are going to do if they can actually utilize their offensive weapons a little bit better, they could be a dangerous team. Geno's probably on his way out if they draft a halfway decent quarterback. Um, or if they can trade for one. So be interesting to see where that goes. The Rams are always going to be in the conversation. Obviously, they're in the playoffs this year. Um, Niners are going to stay competitive. So the Cardinals are going to be in a similar position that the Steelers are for the next, at least f- the next few years until Brock Purdy falls apart. And then uh, we'll see what happens after that. Yeah, I mean, that's very, it seemed like he started to fall apart just a couple of weeks ago when he threw, what, three or four interceptions in a game. But I can see the steam coming off these Cardinals fans' heads as we're sitting here talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think it's a it's a safe time that we transition into our Cardinals section of this, the beautiful program, right, Tallman? The, the beautiful part of the program where we talk about the Arizona Cardinals and their season, the ups, the downs, the good and the bad. I mean, we started with Josh Dobbs, got him at the buzzer. I think what it was like six days before the beginning of the season. Didn't even go through training camp, but he was able to manage the games, have us be, you know, somewhat successful in that early part of the season until we got Kyler Murray back and honestly won some games that we shouldn't. Ben, we beat the Dallas Cowboys, we beat the Philadelphia Eagles. We're just punching way out of our weight class in a lot of these games. And I think that gives a lot of optimism going forward into next season, especially depending on what they do in this offseason. Last year in the draft, Monty Austin Fort stockpiled a lot of picks for this upcoming draft and in the future. And I hope he doesn't continue that and he's just all about those picks. I know I've joked about that where he's just going to keep parlaying picks into more picks so he never actually has to draft a player. Um, but I think this offseason is going to be crucial. But before – I don't want to put the uh, – what is it? The horse in front of the cart or whatever. We got to talk about the past before we move into the future. This season was interesting, right? Because there was the expectations were rock bottom, really had no expectations as far as wins go. Mike and Tallman here, uh, we sat down and we did our season preview. We went game by game and kind of estimated how we thought they'd finish. And I think wins wise, it was pretty close to what we had predicted. Um, Not the wins we thought they were going to get, but we got them. So Mike, I want to give you the floor on kind of what your thoughts were on the season as a whole. 
So selfishly, I almost kind of wanted the Cardinals to win that game against the Seattle Seahawks because I would have hit my prediction, which I had them at 5-12. and 12. But I'm totally okay with taking the seat back and having Matt Prater miss those, honestly, two kicks at the end of the day to solidify our fourth pick because there's just more work to be done and moving back in the draft. It just isn't what you we needed at the end of the season, right? What a tumultuous one it was, but there was a lot of bright spots, right? We started to see Kyler Murray getting the offense under his helm with Drew Petzing. Almost goes 500 within his eight games after returning from the injury. We had some bright spots in our rookies. You could talk about Dante Stills starting to really kind of put a nice foot forward on the defensive line. Our first pick overall in the draft, Paris Johnson not missing a down is just an absolute win. The biggest win, I think, that you can take from this entire season at that because you might have found your tackle for the future. I think that's easy to say. But overall, when you go the exact same record as last year, it's hard to find the positives, but there really were with this Arizona Cardinals team, and the culture is building in the right way. And I just, man, I'm chomping at the bit to see what happens in this draft. I cannot wait, man. So I got to know the Tallmans, two two of the biggest Cardinals fans in the room right now. VSP Tallman, we'll start up top. What do you think of the season? Yeah, no, I th thought the season was was positive, right? I mean, if if anyone watching went back and, you know, watched our Week 18 uh, recap of the Cardinals game, uh, it's crazy to feel good about a four-win team. Um, but we're, we're building something good here, right? Um, Kyler Murray coming back in – you know, going three and five as a starter. I mean, if we had Kyler Murray the entire year, I mean, there's four games that uh, we should have won this year. Two or three, or excuse me, two of them that we didn't have Kyler Murray that we should have won. Week one against the Commanders, and I bet you we would have won week two against the Giants if we had Kyler Murray. So we should have won that Texans game. And I'm with Mike. I really wanted them to win that Seahawks game to end the season just to stick it to the Seattle Seahawks. And also would have been perfect because you would have gave Pete Carroll – uh, a, an L on the last uh, last game of his coaching career in Seattle. So that would have been just so awesome. Um, but I mean, we really could be talking about an eight and nine win team or an eight win nine loss team right now. So it's another positive thing though, is, is the coaching. I thought JG did great. Um, you can see the culture. I mean, what he got out of some of these, these players this season where, you know, they didn't have a lot of talent on the roster, but you had guys going out there playing for him, playing their ass off. You know, we were in we were in a lot of these games. You know, we stayed competitive. We did have a few, um, you know, stinkers here and there. Um, that Rams game is one that kind of jumps at me. And then uh, the Cleveland game where, you know, they threw Clayton Toon to the Wolves. But other than that, I mean, there, you could argue that we were in most of these games this season. Uh, but the just the culture that this coaching staff is breathing, uh, bringing, I mean, it's kind of like a, hey, if, if you're not going to show up and play 100%, you're out of here. I mean, think about some of the people that they cut this season. I'm just going to go down the list here. Christian Matthew, MyJ Sanders, Kevon Wallace, Keontae Ingram, Zach Ertz, even though it was mutual. Uh, Marco Wilson, see you later, buddy. Uh, and then even Kevin Strong was someone that was on the defensive line that got a lot of playing time. So it's it's great. I mean, it, it just to see what this team was able to put together. 
it's very, very positive. And seeing that Kyler Murray can still play, I think that's my biggest takeaway was how is how is Kyler Murray going to respond after that, you know, the biggest injury he's ever had in his uh, football career. And I think he's responded perfectly. So it's it's nowhere but up from here, guys. Yeah, and like we highlighted in our in our last recap with Kyler, he's really cemented himself as the starting QB. Like that was an honest question we were all asking ourselves is, are we going to move past Kyler this season? It's like with all the quarterbacks that are going to be potential in the draft with us having such a high draft pick and having one of those guys within reach. And Kyler took it in stride. And I think what impressed me the most with Kyler is that he's shown that he's grown and matured and he's not doing the video game streams. I'm sure he's still playing video games. We all love video games, but that was a huge criticism. And it's like the optics. I think he finally cleaned that up. He even said, this organization with JG and Monty, it was a complete 180. So for him to say that is just absolutely incredible. Matt, I got to know your thoughts, but I just got to say real quick, it seems like four is the number. We had four wins. We got the fourth pick in the draft, and the Cardinals were fourth in rushing yards for the entire NFL. A four-win team was fourth in rushing with what? I mean, I wrote down here, 2,365 yards and a banged-up running back room to boot. I mean, James Conner didn't play the whole season. We drafted, what, Marion Mack or Marlon Mack, whatever the hell his name is, and he got injured after two days, um, brought in, um, help me out here, the guy from uh, New England, and he really turned it on. But, no, what do, what do you think? Michael Carter. Michael Carter was cool. I think – Yeah, him. I think we, like Cody was saying, this new, this new regime, this new coaching staff, the new GM, as a Cardinals fan and as somebody that's been a Cardinals fan for – as 15 years, I've never seen our GMs or our management staff do what they did. Like we've never been this active and like, we've never claimed somebody week, what 12, like a running back that got cut. That never happened with Steve Kime. It never happened. Like we, we saw it the first, his first ordeal. We saw uh nominee. He dealt with uh Hopkins right then and there. He said, either you're going to play. He's like, you want to go Bye. Cool cut Isaiah Simmons or traded Isaiah Simmons for a fucking six round pick uh, and cut all the people that Cody listed. Uh, it just showed us that like, Hey, it's either you're, it's you're either here to play with us and play how we want to play. I don't care what kind of stats you get. If you're not going to do it the way we want to do it. Cause we actually have a real fucking coach now, then you're gone. I don't care if you got drafted first overall. I don't care if you were first round, seventh round. Like if you're not here to play, they showed us fans that, Hey, we, we, owe it to you guys as fans. Hey, the other people, Steve Kime and them didn't treat you guys right. They fucking just, I don't know, we're getting DUIs and doing stupid shit. So uh, this new staff, this new GM staff, it just was really cool to see that. And then it was really cool to see Kyler just come out and basically, I guess, ball out, kind of shut, you know, all the doubters up as far as, oh, are we going to get Caleb Williams? Blah, blah, blah. Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams. I heard that so goddamn much that it made me so mad. Because Kyler, if you look at it, even before he got injured, statistically, was great. And he did it with a fucking piece of shit head coach who tried to play offensive coordinator. <laughs> so it was really cool to see that where he came out. I'm just excited, man. I'm really excited for next year to see Kyler really get a full offseason to rework his leg, get everything good. Because we saw it. We saw flashes of it where he was back. Like it was like Kyler's back. It's like, oh shit, like <laughs> he's back. So it's going to be really cool to see what he does with a whole offseason with JG, that whole staff. And it's really exciting to see what we do in the draft. We know we have the fourth pick and I think the 21st overall. So we'll know the first night. Are we here? Are we going to be contenders? Or are we going to 
trade down and try to do more, like you guys said, parlay more draft picks. So I'm excited. Yeah, I think that the one place that we have that we don't necessarily need to worry about is the quarterback position. Because with Kyler on the mend and being able to do Kyler things, we just need to build the line and the receivers and the running back core around him and make sure that he has enough time and space to be able to do his thing. And so I think that with that Paris Johnson pick, it's been amazing. And I want to see more of those position players drafted by the Cardinals instead of trying to go for the next big QB. Yeah, I I think it would be, it would be a step backwards for them to, to target a quarterback in this draft. You need to get some weapons either. Obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. is sexy and there's a huge debate here in the Valley of should they even do that or should they try and build the line a little bit more, build the defense a little bit more. There's a lot of good cornerbacks that are even projected in the first round. And could we get a guy like that at 21? And I think a lot of mock drafts do have us taking a corner with that with that second Kool-Aid. pick in the first. Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid McKinstry, right? Yeah, the Kool-Aid yeah. that gets good. So that'd be sweet. Maybe. I'd buy his jersey. <laughs> that, would, that, would, that would be a dope ass jersey to have for sure. But you guys mentioned the, the culture of accountability and really turning the corner in that regard. It really, you know, there's a fine line between being a player's coach and being whatever the opposite of that is, like a Bill Belichick, no bullshit, Patriot way kind of guy. And I, I think Gannon is really the catalyst for turning that all around. You even saw like right off the jump, a lot of guys were commenting on how different it was. You couldn't be late to practice. Mike, I mean, fuck in hard knocks last year, we saw dudes making pancakes in the fucking meetings. Like can't be having that shit. And it's what the culture is starting to shift to, right? There's still other things we still need to address. That's why I'm going to be very, very interested to see what these off season reports from the players come out to be are we moving up the ranks right there's going to be some things that are still going to take time when it comes to you know updating the facilities but there's those small things that you can jump in front of right away you know how are we handling families how are we doing with giving a damn Gatorade to a player when instead of having to take it out of their paycheck so I, we've seen it already from what Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin Fort continue to produce and put out towards the media which is very exciting at the end of the day and now you hope that the next steps that come from it are the production on the field right because we do know that it was a limited roster this season it was going to be an uphill battle no matter what with Kyler Murray coming back from an ACL injury but all the boxes started to get checked as the season went along and I think one of my favorite ones of this season was Marco Wilson was getting torched so damn much that they cut bait and they said, you're not a part of this team. And we are, we saw from some of his conversations when he did end up going to the new England Patriots, that he might not have been one of those character guys that was really built to be a part of this rebuild. So those are the super exciting things, but you got to keep checking off those boxes as time progresses at the end of the day. Right. Without a doubt. And then there were four. So guys, I think we should do what? Our uh, Cardinals season MVP? Mike, you got a graphic for this, right? Yes, sir. You can start. Let's start with uh, our guests of the day. How about that? We want to go with uh, Mr. T and see who his MVP was for the year. I like it. Yeah, my for me, because my MVP is going to be somebody that's not on the team anymore. So it's going to be a little different. 
going into this season, I was not very excited because we did not have a quarterback. I think Joshua Dobbs created excitement for me. I think he gave me some sort of hope to where I didn't have to go watch fucking Clayton Toon every Sunday. <laughs> so for me to see him, and I mean, he did, he lit, he was a, an awesome Cinderella story where we were calling him, what was he, uh, quarterback net or quarterback astronaut or whatever the hell it was. Uh, so for me, I would think as a personal person, like my personal would be Joshua Dobbs, but I know that's probably not, not what you guys are going to pick, but for me, it's Josh Dobbs. No, that, that's good. Honestly, what he did for this organization early on, I mean, it was going to be Toon or Colt McCoy, right? And a surprise move, they cut Colt after letting him go through the entire training camp. But we saw like his arm just wasn't there. It wasn't sufficient to get it done. And Mike, you even said the the one start Clayton Dune, Clayton Dune, Clayton Toon did have, he got slaughtered by the Browns. So kind of glad, honestly, really glad that we had Josh Dobbs for that stretch. So honestly, I think that's a great pick. Why don't we work our way up the ladder and go with uh, VSP Tallman so he can share his pick? This dude really just picked Josh Dobbs. It's Hell good, yeah, he did. It's a oh, good, that's man. a good pick. Yeah, he, you, you better not look at him for too long. You're going to turn to stone. Um, <laughs> that was kind of mean. Hey, hold on a second. I will say, Tallman, I think you had him with the most player of the recaps this season. So well, don't go too hey, crazy. Like the, the dude okay? was, throwing, he was throwing his body out there, man. Right. He's running for his yeah. life. That's awesome. That's a valuable he was playing player. for something. Yeah. No, he's he he can play his ass off. Then he goes to God the Vikings. Play. He doesn't even know he doesn't even know who's throwing the ball to. He doesn't even know their their name. Doesn't know the playbook. He shows up and had an incredible uh, performance in his first game there, being there in the city for five days. The the kid can play football for sure, and he can also build rocket ships. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I'm going to go on with my um, my season MVP. I'm I'm going to take the easy obvious one um I'm, I'm sorry mr benjamin and uh and mr patrick um i'm gonna go with james connor um he did right. he, he did miss you know a, a couple games um we still have that question about um you know his his uh durability his injury issues but i mean i would be broke my body would be broken too if i ran the ball every uh, like he does every single time the man is a beast he was the spark that this team needed i mean he he ran he ran like like no other like he was trying to kill every person he ran into i mean the dude got his first thousand yard season uh, but he was just a force to be reckoned with and like i've mentioned before he just seems to get better as the season progresses and he did just that i mean the guy ends with a uh, 1040 yards on the season on the ground um he added i added 165 through the year so i think just him being the spark in that offense just you know going out there and you know giving it his all the the every single game it's almost like he led um by example and everyone just followed suit it was incredible. I mean, that guy, it's, I'm so remember when we got so much heat for that extension they gave him. Oh my God, you gave, you gave a, an aging running back way too much money. That was the, probably one of the best contract ex extensions they've ever done. This guy is, he's the heart and soul of this team right now. Yeah. And you know, gotta love James Conner and, and it's tough. The running back position is tough, right? Cause you're going to get banged up a lot. You're going to take a ton of hits. So it's, 
it's unfair to expect them to make it through the whole season. But honestly, like like you said, this is his best season yet. Over a thousand yards. Just truly incredible what he's done to revitalize his career here in Arizona coming from Pittsburgh, going back to Pittsburgh and getting that win when they were the underdogs in that one. That was that was huge. So great pick. We got Dobbs. We got Connor. Got some guys left. Mike, you going with Buddha? You going with Kyler? Who you got? Ooh, you guys know who I got, man. You know who I got. I was a huge proponent of this guy. And it's got to be Michael. No, I'm just kidding. It's Trey McBride. It's the superstar tight end who has absolutely jumped onto the scene for this Arizona Cardinals team. And if you think about it at the end of the day, he didn't really get into the fold from an offensive standpoint getting involved in the game plan until after, what, week seven? And he still had 81 catches for 825 yards and three touchdowns. Just absolutely far and away led this receiving unit. There's a lot of questions when it comes down to those wide receivers that we're going to have plenty of during this offseason. Are they going to try and see if they can get Hollywood Brown back on a discount? But it's awesome to see a guy who is invested in the running game as well. I mean, the great things that James Conner did this season came from that offensive line, the additions of Paris Johnson, you know, some strong inside play. And Trey, McBride, Trey McBride just blocking on the on the ends, man. He's invested in doing his job as a tight end. So there's an easy thing to say is that he absolutely propelled himself up for the tight end spots next season. I don't know. I'm struggling. I did finish second in fantasy, but I might even just fuck around and keep him as my keeper next season. How about that? <laughs> you, you better not. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'll be so mad at you. What a That's great really season. I think at the end of the day, if you look at numbers, he far exceeded either than James Conner what, who, and who was most productive for this season. And it's not just all about stats. I understand that. But, man, what a stellar second year from Trey McBride. I cannot wait to see what he does next year. And he broke the tight end curse, too. Finally got uh, over 100 yards for a tight end since, yeah. what, 1989? It was like, yeah, something crazy. He yeah, also made like... management comfortable with giving uh, Ertz his walking papers. So his performance really allowed them to be like, hey, free up some cap space. We'll let you go do what you want to do. So. Yeah, how awesome was that to to release Ertz, let him go to a championship contender where he went along and he signed with, oh, oh wait, he's still a free agent. Damn. I guess nobody needed Zach Ertz after all. Um, including the Cardinals. Mike, great pick. I was going to go with uh, Trey McBride there if you didn't. I mean, stats do matter, man. In, in what he did, 825 yards on 81 receptions, so a little over 10 yards per reception. When you got a dude who's getting a first down every time he touches the ball, in theory, that's a valuable asset to have. And we're in this era of the vertical tight end. But even, again, like I said on the recap, Trey McBride isn't a guy who's just a receiving tight end. He was also able to block and open up things for James Conner. And that's going to be huge. If he can continue to progress and get comfortable with Kyler and the offense, man, it could be something. He could really be a force to be reckoned with. And honestly, I think you should consider keeping him when you when you take into account how few competent tight ends there are for fantasy football out there. I mean, you got Travis Kelsey, um, Mark Andrews, and you could say – uh, Kittle, but I had him this season and he was nothing special week in and week out. I mean, he had a couple flashes, but I mean, Sam Laporta, there's guys breaking out, but Tal I know VSP Tallman's strategy is always to wait and take a quarterback till the later round. So 
keeping uh, keeping Josh Allen might not be the the best move, depending on your strategy. You were in the championship game, so I guess pump the brakes a little, right? I'm in the dance. We're there at the end. If I just don't get manhandled by Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb, it's a different story, right? If we're going into Sunday, even having a chance, it's it's different. But I love Trey. Obviously, I'm not going to keep a tight end as my keeper. I'm not that crazy. You're talking to a three-time champ, folks. So I we know what we're doing over here on this side. Without a doubt. And man, you guys really made this tough for me. I mean, Dobbs, thank you for going Dobbs. That made it a little easier. But then you got Connor and McBride. So, you know, only a few players left on the board here that are eligible. I would shout out guys like, you know, Kaiser White, Jalen Thompson. Those guys really stepped up and were real studs on the defensive end. Obviously, our guy, Buda Baker, big glue guy on the defensive side of the ball. But statistically, he didn't really do like very, very much this this season. And there were rumblings in the beginning of him being supremely unhappy, which is, you know, understandable, whether it was the contract or just having to go through all the shit and um, Cliff Kingsbury the last couple seasons. I don't blame him for being frustrated, but I hope he's kind of changed, the you know, turned the quarter attitude wise and, and changed his mind a little bit. But not to bury the lead, I got to pick someone, right? My season MVP is going to be Kyler Murray. I know, I know. He only played half the season, but when he came back, man, like we've said, I can, and I will continue to say, he cemented himself at the starter as the starter. And I've been one of his biggest critics, whether it's what he's doing off the field, what he did with his contract negotiations. I know a lot of that was his agent. And he was a little shaky getting back out there, but man, the way he performed in those last couple of weeks is just absolutely incredible. And to come back fearless, man, coming off an ACL injury like that, it, it can be, it can change a player. It can be a situation where guys don't want to run, especially when you're a mobile quarterback like Kyler Murray. He he absolutely just nose down, worked hard rehabbed like a beast and picked up right where he left off and honestly I think he's looking better than he's ever been and like we continue to say there's just so much optimism in the valley I mean I mentioned the Suns early on and how we're just so sick of what they've been doing and, and not even wanting to talk about them I think in the valley if you ask most people they're more optimistic about the Cardinals future than the Suns future and a lot of that starts with Kyler Murray being at the head of this offense so short sample but I gotta go with Kyler without a doubt not too bad. I mean, uh, look at it's sixty-five point seven percent completion on the season in eight games, almost eighteen hundred yards. I mean, one thousand seven hundred ninety-nine. We're gonna count it as eighteen hundred. Ten touchdowns, five interceptions. Ran the ball as well, three touchdowns, two hundred forty-four rushing yards. It's what you need. He did everything. He, like I said before, he checked the boxes when he came back. There were some winnable games that kind of fell flat towards the beginning of when he came back. Specifically, we look back at that Houston game, but had some absolutely stellar outings. And to end a season, all you can ask for is to put the ball in his hands, have the team drive within an opportunity to win that game. So he did it all. I love it. Yeah, that was great. I mean, uh, for Kyler Murray to come back and give us all hope, I mean, I, I'm glad – that you, you picked him, Chris, because I was going to be upset if, if no one did, because um, he's he gave us all hope, you know, and he's the main reason why we're excited about a four win football team. Um, and another thing that stood out is he's trying to beat people in the pocket. I mean, it didn't see. I mean, I was screaming on third downs. I'm like, run the ball, run the ball. But he was more throw it, throw it first. And 
if you're going to win in the NFL, you, you got to be able to throw from the, po- the pocket. So you're seeing him develop as well, too, which is which is really good. Can we do an honorable mention, though, for um, our boy JG? Can we just round of applause? I was I was between I was I was this close like up yeah. until the moment I said Kyler Murray I was about to pick Jonathan Gannon because yeah. my goodness I mean, how do you not was... Yeah I mean he what he got out of this roster I mean we were going through every single recap lack of talent lack of talent there's no talent on this football team but the fight I've said that earlier the fight that he got out of these guys no one gave up. I mean, it was very obvious in in that Eagles win, and then even in that last game against Seattle, like we we should have won that game, and those nobody gave up, and that's because of Jonathan Gannon. We didn't have to see another crying Buddha Baker in the locker room, where he's trying to get people to keep playing like he is, you know. So just to see what he got out of this roster, even though they're playing what you could argue are meaningless football games, it's just incredible. So he he de- honestly he deserved to win one of our season uh, MVP rewards, but. We'll all give him that honorable mention. I think you got to see it with how hard the players played in Philadelphia to get him that win and to hear Kyler say, like, I needed to get that from my guy, JG. Like, you saw, and I, I mean, I didn't see him. I, I've been so used to Cliff that it's like, I'm not used to my players or, like, my team being like, yeah, we went to go win it for him. Like, it's always been something different. So, no, you got to really see, like, how big of an impact he's had in one season. So. Yeah, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm ex- I'm so excited. Yeah, and he he has you know plenty of cornball interviews and sayings and things he does that kind of make us laugh at him a little bit. Yeah, the shots, explosions. <laughs> oh my god, that was so bad. <laughs> I think that's like I, the video we posted of that on our TikTok page is still our most viewed clip that it's we have on there. It's because it's just like it made everyone just kind of like. Oh no, because it was a bit before the season even started, and you saw um who's that Rondale Moore? His reaction is just kind of like <laughs> yeah, yeah, coach. But yeah, Mike, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, can I throw out some other quick honorable benches yeah, from yeah, the team yeah. base? Okay, I want to give a little bit of a shout out to Amari Di Mercado. He stepped in when James Connor was hurt, right? Had 58 carries, 284 yards, and two touchdowns. An undrafted time. rookie, uh, solid in his spots when he needed to. Uh, our guy Greg Dorch, man, I love the Dorcher Chamber. I really hope they bring him back because what he can do in the punt return game, as well as getting him in the slot and getting him involved, guys. I mean, he's a playmaker, and this team kind of lacks that right now. So, in the wide receiver position, you got to bring back those type of guys. I know Chris said Kaiser White, he did get injured early, but he led the team in tackles with 90 for the season. Hope he can come back healthy next year. And you know I have to leave the last final honorable mention for Michael Wilson. Nine yards short of being second on the team in yards at 565. Three touchdowns. He did have some tough weeks towards the end of the season, but had a real nice bounce back game against Seattle. Almost eclipsed 100 yards. He can't be your number one, right? He just can't be your number one. He's still too injury prone, but I like what he did this year and keep giving this guy some opportunities man and that's all i got yeah and i just i wanted to circle back to gannon one more time because it wasn't only what he did right because um austin fort gave him the freedom to put together the coaching staff he wanted to he brought in nick rallis and drew petzing and i think for me to kind of kind of tie that into the optimism we're all feeling is these guys are all 
really fucking young. Gannon's like 41, 42. Drew Petzing is 36, I think. And Nick Rallis is our age. He's 30 years old. So if if these guys really do find success and do well, I mean, we're looking at this coaching staff being here for a long time, man. Like a long time. I mean, I, I was gonna say you gotta be careful though, because if you're talking about in Tallman's terms, remember 30 plus <laughs> you past your prime. So just be careful. Yeah, that's right. Tallman is now past his prime. He's he's joined us, but it's different for coaches, right? I mean, if we're talking about our running back, yeah, 30 is ancient. But if it's a head coach, man, or I guess in this case, a defensive coordinator, that's a bit of a different story. I mean, how old's Bill Belichick? Like 70 something, late 60s, maybe? Oh, dude, he's mid. Yeah, he's he's 70. They're all, yeah, they're all like him. Well, well Pete Carroll was the oldest. He's 72. Right. Dude, I just I like seeing the videos of Pete Carroll playing catch. He's like running. Did you see that? He's got two gloves on and he's like running around the pocket playing. Like, oh, he would crazy. haul ass up the sideline, running oh, after dude, plays, yeah. barking at guys. He used to do it at USC. That guy used to sprint down the lines. Like he was he was the man at USC with like Reggie Bush, Matt. Like they were they were it. So I'm I'm sad, dude. Today was like it's been a sad couple of days seeing like Nick Saban and. All these guys go it's like fuck like i feel like i'm getting old like you know they say yeah, like you because you are getting old uh, we are like movie stars that you used to watch and shit are like dying you're like damn i remember him and this and that you're like he's wait he's like that or like i saw a picture of joe pesci the other day i was like what the f like no way <laughs> so yeah it just it it sucks to see all yeah. the retire but i'm excited I, I know nick saban's done so that's as a college football fan that was wild did not see that coming but Michigan killed him. Let's go. Yeah. No, Mr. T, I do have a question for you about Saban. I'm glad you brought it up. But I first have to just drop this real quick. As you mentioned that these guys are all getting older. A quick tidbit, random sidebar. But me and Sabrina have been watching House again. And if you look up a picture of Hugh Laurie, that dude is looking like old as fuck now. So it's really true. <laughs> like it, it, the, the older these guys get, the older it's making us feel without a doubt. But Saban, Belichick going, who had the more impressive career? I mean, they, they coached together at one point, I believe. They did. They did. He was, uh, I think Saban was one of his coordinators at, uh, I think, Cleveland, wasn't it? When they were yep, with the Browns. I think so, so. yeah. It, it's hard. I think, I think it's tougher to coach in the NFL because you're coaching millionaires and people with a ton. Because, I mean, now, I guess, in the college, you're coaching millionaires also, but before then when Saban wasn't right. I mean, it might have attributed to why he retired this whole NIL and transfer portal like it's killing all these old guys so but I think personally I think Bill Belichick I think winning Super Bowls is one thing you're winning at the top like only so many people make it to the NFL like in, in college you look at some of their schedules Alabama plays like like UTEP and Utah State and Hawaii it's like all right these teams kind of suck but Bill Belichick's playing NFL caliber teams weekend and wake out winning multiple championships. So I think it would go to Bill Belichick. I also think Nick Saban has played such a huge part in college football. And it's, you saw it today. I think three people decommitted from Alabama the same day. They <laughs> like, he like retired. So it's just, it goes to show you how big of an impact these dudes really have on the teams. It's not so much just like, oh, I'm going to go play for Alabama. Like you don't say that you go, I'm going to go play for Nick Saban. Like, that's what it is. Like, that's, that's what it is. So it's just, it sucks. But yeah, Bill Belichick, I think winning Super Bowls means more. 
Yeah, I think that's got to be the consensus, right? Uh, it's There's much more parity in the NFL, one thing. But also, when you build a successful college, whatever, franchise or whatever you want to call it, players want to go play there. And they can pick and choose where they go. They can sign wherever they want. Whereas team building in the NFL is much different. You have to do it through the draft, through free agency. And the, it's the best of the best. So I'd agree. Bill Belichick, hands down, probably had the most impressive career. But it just... I don't know if it sucks because I don't really give a shit, but I think there's always going to be that question of Belichick or Brady, who was really the one that that had success. Only one of those guys won a Super Bowl without the other. So that's that's something to factor in there. But enough about them. Enough about Belichick. Guys, the playoffs are upon us. We are rolling into it this weekend, wild card weekend. Honestly, some really good matchups. I mean, I think a lot of times we we look at wildcard weekend and we know who's probably going to win with the exception of a game or so but this this week i think there's a lot of question marks up on the board so why don't we just kind of like you know go do our predictions game by game here and then we can kind of speculate on later down the line who might make the super bowl but starting right off the top the eagles we talked about them absolutely falling apart right mike and they're taking on the tampa bay buccaneers who just surprise to me i even mentioned before we launched here surprising to me that they made it into the playoffs of course they won their division so i guess i shouldn't be that shocked but who would you take in this matchup oh man it's gonna be cold in philly no matter what so i think i'm still leaning towards philadelphia they still have the general talent even though the second half of the season has really been a struggle for them I, I'm happy for Baker Mayfield, guys. Like, he's bounced around so much. There is an expectation when you get drafted number one overall, and he obviously hasn't hit that whatsoever. But uh, proud of him, man. Proud of what he's been able to do and keep Mike Evans involved. And I, I just think at the end of the day, that cold's going to be way too much for Tampa Bay. So I'm going with Philly on this one. Yeah, I wouldn't count Philly out just yet. I mean, I know they've been struggling, but I mean, it's the Bucks. It's Baker Mayfield. Uh, Tallman, what do you think? Either one. Oh, it's 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 going to be the Eagles. They're going to win that game. I love Short, it. Uh, he doesn't have to elaborate point. at all. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not not going to. They're going to win that game. I mean, it's, it speaks for itself. I it mean, does. yeah. If, if you if you watch, I didn't watch any Buccaneers games, They're but terrible. I I. I bet on Mike Evans has scored a fucking touchdown the last couple of weeks, and they are just, dude. That they're now Eagles are going to figure it out, and they're they're going to beat the hell out of them. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm I'll just ladder it into me because I know it's coming. I I know they said AJ Brown didn't practice today. I know they're playing Monday night, so he's got a little bit of time to recoup. Uh, I know Jalen Hurts has that dislocated finger. I don't know if you guys saw the video or the picture of what his finger actually looked like. Horrible. Um, I don't know if it's on his throwing hand or his non-throwing hand. I don't think that I looked into it that much. But uh, I think it's kind of pathetic that Tampa Bay is in at 9-8 and eight and the Bengals are 9-8 and eight and they're not in. Uh, so I think they played in a, a really weak division. I think it's Eagles all the way. I think the cold's going to get to them. Whether or not Baker Mayfield playing in Cleveland is witnessed or dealt with the cold. I just think the team overall is just going to struggle in that weather. Yeah, I'd have to agree. And I mean, I'm looking at the the team stats here for the Buccaneers and they're middle to bottom of the pack when it comes to pretty much every statistical category. They were the worst team in rushing offense, having just over 1500 yards as a team. And, and I think that that plays a big factor. I mean, 
what are they possibly going to be able to do against an Eagles defense who, despite their struggles, is still one of the top in the league. So easy, easy pick, I think, for us. They'll be taking on the the 49ers, I almost said the Giants, in the in the next round. Um, but we go down the, the bracket here. Um, don't, want, don't want to take too long on all this, but we got Matt Stafford returning to Detroit to take on the Lions. And with Jared Goff, they've been rolling. I mean, that's just that's kind of a funny storyline, right, guys? Because those quarterbacks, they just swapped them, and now they're playing against each other in the playoff. Now, I think this is going to be one of those things where the playoff experience is going to weigh out. Uh, we know that Jared Goff took the Rams to a Super Bowl, and they have some really nice weapons. You talk about Sam Laporta. Uh, St. Brown, my superstar, I might honestly keep him. We'll, we'll think about it. Um, and then Jameer Gibbs taking a step up with David Montgomery. But I think the Rams will somehow find a way to beat this one. Cooper Cup and Puka Nukua have a nice day. And Williams just secures it on the ground for them. Somehow, some way, the Rams take this one for me. Yeah, you mentioned Laporta. He, he's, he got banged up in that very last game of the season. And, and is I think right now currently questionable on the on the injured thing but they i was seeing headlines here that they're optimistic that he's going to play and, and that's a huge part of their offense w would you agree Tallman? yeah I, I mean i agree he is a huge part of their offense um i'm going detroit all the way uh i know they they had kind of a you know a shaky end of the season but um first time in several years that they've won that division uh, they're they're not going to let the city of Detroit down. They're going to win that game. Um, it's their defense doesn't stop anybody, but they outscore everybody. So I think they're going to outscore the Rams. Um, that would be a good game to bet on if you're going to do same game parlay, because um, I think there's going to be a lot of offense. And I got Detroit winning that one. Mr. T, what do you think? I actually agree. I think uh, it's it has nothing to do with me hating everything LA, uh, but uh, I just think overall. Like Cody said, uh, just what it's meant to the city and like what the Lions have done for the first time. I forget what it was like first time in 26, the 26 years or something. I also think they uh, um, <laughs> I also think that they really like their coach. I think Dan Campbell does a great job, him being an ex-player and everything like that. Uh, they also outscore pretty much everybody. They are very high caliber offense. Um, so, yeah, I'm probably going to go to Detroit. If I could figure out how to unmute. Yeah, no, I think uh, I'm with you guys. Detroit is just absolutely rolling. What they did this year is absolutely incredible. You mentioned Dan Campbell. That's a guy who these players want to go to war for him. Uh, it's, it's He's a, a tough, badass coach. And Jared Goff really coming back to life, having a rebirth in Detroit has been fun to watch. I mean, honestly, that's a good offense right there. Mike, you mentioned Amon Ross St. Brown. That dude is a, a stud in the making. And we're going to be one of the top receivers going forward. But moving right along, we're going to see Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers traveling down to Dallas to take on the Cowboys, who, you know, they've stumbled a little bit, but really look fucking amazing when you talk about the connection with Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb. I think the Packers are just too young, still got a lot to figure out. Um, I'll just start it off by saying I'm thinking the Cowboys are going to take this one, no doubt. Yeah, this is a no doubter. The way that you talk about Detroit rolling into the playoffs, I think the Cowboys have been extremely rolling even more than Detroit. Uh, this one's easy. I mean, Green Bay barely scrounges out 17 points to the Bears to barely squeak into the playoffs. No thanks. It's Cowboys. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's clearly Cowboys. Um, Cowboys are playing at home. They're undefeated at home this season. That team's unstoppable at home. Um, I think at one point they were scoring over 40 points in every game they played at home. So there's there's just no way. It's it's Cowboys. Mr. T, do I even have to ask? Nope, Cowboys. Perfect. Let's move on. So we got the Cleveland Browns. Are they going to Houston to play that game? Am I reading this chart right? Yeah. and Yeah, it is. So it's the bottom team is the home team. So I think we might have said that the Eagles. Oh, I think it said uh, Philly, yeah, because yeah. they didn't so win the they're, division. They're playing in Tampa. Wait, they're playing? No. So <laughs> they don't have, yeah. they don't have to wait, worry about the weather. <laughs> it still might be. It still might be cold, like in Arizona. No, to I had to look standards. it up. It's the the weather for kickoff for that game is sixty three degrees. It's going to oh, be perfect, oh, perfect football weather, dude. They'll be just fine. Percentage up by ten. <laughs> so that means Jalen Hurts' finger should be just fine. Then it won't be frigid. Well, I'll I'll take this one, man. I'm going with the Browns. Let's go, Joey Flacco. I mean. I cannot believe that the Texans made the playoffs, let alone win their own division. But this defense for the Cleveland Browns is on another level. They're going to shut down C.J. Stroud, and I think the Browns are going to take this one for sure. Yeah, and Miles Garrett is uh, seems to be the the pick for Defensive Player of the Year, despite T.J. Watt having much better stats than him. Um, that's a conversation for another day. I, I do think that defense is going to be heavy in this game. CJ Stroud is still very young. He has been extremely impressive, um, but I don't think the Texans are going to be the power bottoms in this bracket. <laughs> Did we all pick? Are we all- you got him speechless, Chris. <laughs> you said power bottoms. Okay. Um, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, for for draft purposes, I would love – the Browns to win this game. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I, I know at one point a long time ago, I said that Bryce Young was a better quarterback than CJ Stroud. He's proven me hundred percent incorrect. Um, I, I like, I like their offense a little more than the Browns. I, I don't know. I mean, Joe, Joe Flacco is going to have a really tall task in a playoff game being coming off the couch a couple weeks ago. Um, I might switch it up. I'm going to go Texas. Okay. Okay, so right now I don't think I made my pick. So Mike, Mike jumped in Browns, got Texas. Mr. T, what do you think? I can't root for the Ohio State kid. Can't happen. I don't care if CJ Stroud's good or not. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pick Cleveland. Uh, I think that defense is really good. I think they're going to shut CJ Stroud down. I think uh, D'Amico Ryan being a rookie uh, coach as well. Um, I think just the overall experience that Joe Flacco has. Uh, that that team has, I think it's going to be Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, not not a bad pick. I mean, I think just to to split the decision here, I'm going to go with Tallman, man. Like, I think the Texans could really surprise. I think they do have the better offense despite what Flacco has done. And like we said, Flacco is not elite. He takes one bad hit and you got C.J. Beathard in there. And then what are you going to do? Didn't you already pick? You were talking about power bottoms and shit. What the hell? Wait, I think he. <laughs> I don't think I picked. I did you, know, pick. you, just went, you just went on a rant. I think you were yeah, talking yeah. about okay. power bottoms and top. <laughs> I, I had power bottoms on my mind. I'm sorry. Um, no, so that'll be interesting. I mean, either way, uh, we, we'll um, we'll go. You know, maybe make some further predictions in this bracket with what we're thinking, but. Whoever, whoever wins that game is going to have to go up against a tough Ravens team with Lamar Jackson, who's probably going to be the MVP. 
that dude is just, I mean, I hate the Ravens, but you got to respect what Lamar Jackson can do through the air on the ground. That dude is an absolute stud. But moving right along, I think one of the most interesting matchups of this wildcard weekend is going to be the Miami Dolphins in Kansas City taking on the Chiefs in Arctic weather. Matt, you were you were teasing me this week at work. It's going to be like what, like minus twelve degrees or some uh, shit. It's like kickoff? minus seven with wind chill. Ugh, I can't even like. I was talking about being cold, and it's like thirties and forties here in Arizona. So I cannot imagine. I mean, I was telling you like they're probably going to have those big giant parkas. They're going to have the heaters on the sideline. Tyreek Hill is obviously familiar with playing in Kansas City in the snow, but. Tua's from what Hawaii and playing in Miami a bunch, and I mean, how is how is he going to be able to perform there? We mentioned also Patrick Mahomes not having any receivers, Travis Kelsey not being himself the past couple of weeks as far as the stats go. A lot of frustration there in Kansas City. So I think there's just a lot of a lot more questions than answers, and I I don't know if it's going to be a shootout, but I think it's going to be a close game. I I guess I'll start and and make my pick. I think. I think Miami could sneak this one, honestly. Okay. I mean, will you talk about all their offensive weapons? Tyreek Hill just far and above leading the league in basically every receiving category. Raheem Mostert. Did he set the Dolphins record this year with most rushing rushing touchdowns? And, and Tua had a great season as well. But if there's one thing that the Super Bowl proved to me last year is that until – Patrick Mahomes proves that he can't get it done against these teams that are just really kind of stepping forth. I know the Miami Dolphins were in the playoffs last year, but I, I just can't pick against Patrick Mahomes until he proves that they can't do it. So I'm going with the Chiefs. Yeah, Mike, he did. Um, uh, Moster did set the the record for rushing touchdowns in Miami. Um, with 18. Did, with, yeah, with 18. He had over 20 um from scrimmage so this is really tough one um i i I so much want to pick the dolphins but just some of those late season injuries they had i mean they lost two of their best pass pass rushers i mean they just signed justin houston off a free agency and that dude's like 36 um so they're struggling man they have they have some some heavy injuries on the defensive side um that cold is just ridiculous. It's going to be the Arctic Bowl. Um, and then just the Chiefs playing at home in that atmosphere uh, with the weather on their side, that fan base as well. Because um, I, I wanted to pick Miami to win the Super Bowl, but I, I just can't with, with that defense. And I think the offense is going to struggle. So I, I'm going to go with Kansas City to win. I mean, that's fair. The, the def- defense is huge, especially when it comes into the playoffs. They, there's a reason they say defense wins championships, right, Matt? Yeah, no. Uh, it's It definitely plays a big part, but I think it's really hard when the best player on your team needs to be the one that holds the ball every play, and that's going to be your quarterback. I think Pat Mahomes turns on in the playoffs. I think he steps to a whole nother level. I pulled up his stats to look at it because I was just curious. In the playoffs, in 14 games, he's had 107 passer rating, 4,000 yards, 35 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. So when it comes playoff times, Patty Mahomes steps up. And it's hard, like Michael said, it's hard to really go against him until he's proven wrong. Because every time, it's just somehow the boy wonder, the dude just somehow pulls it out. 
Um, but this year, it's hard to say because he has struggled. And I know a lot of people want to say, well, it's because Tyreek left and the Kadarius Tony and Taylor Swift is sucking all the life out of Travis, blah, blah, blah. Literally <laughs> sucking the <laughs> life what, out it's of what, It's what it feels like. <laughs> exactly, sucking. Um, I think it's hard with the two the two big injuries that they had. Uh, what's his name? Number two. I forget his name, but tearing his Achilles, I think it was, or he tear his ACL, one of the two. Um, just losing those key players on the defensive side for the Dolphins. I'm going to go Kansas City. All right. All right, yeah, I think, like I said, I think this will be the best game of the weekend. Definitely one where all eyes are going to be on that matchup. Um, and, and it'll be interesting what what happens there. And and to move into this last matchup of the wild card round, of course, Matt had to bounce out early, and I'm, I'm sure he would have loved to talk about this. But we got the Pittsburgh Steelers who snuck into the playoffs, going up to Buffalo to take on the Bills and Josh Allen. You know, kind of a struggling bills team throughout this season it's been up and down but people are still really high on them i might save my pick for last still kind of brewing on it we mentioned tj watt isn't going to play in this game he's banged up they still got a really good defense but as the offense just it's it's questionable man we're gonna roll out mason rudolph he's our guy is mike tomlin's ability to coach going to be able to propel them to a win here to move on and play the winner of that dolphins chiefs game mike i don't know what do you mean you don't know? You already know, Chris. The Pittsburgh Steelers aren't going to win this game. They're not going to go to Buffalo and beat Josh Allen. Buffalo is starting to figure it out finally the second half of this season. I think it's this is that time, man. If The way that people talk about rallying behind their head coaches, I mean, Buffalo Bills got to win this one. <sighs> McDermott, right? Is that his name? Or am I completely falling on that i think it's sean mcdermott yeah i mean he's on the hot seat right now and it can't be another early exit for the buffalo bills but i think they finally have turned it on enough to have a nice run uh, that second round matchup is going to be one that's stared them in the face for plenty of seasons now but it's time for josh allen to take that next step so this one's easy this is buffalo bills all day long I'm going with Mike. Uh, I'm picking the Bills, uh, Steelers, the best players out, TJ Watt. Um, when the Steelers play without TJ Watt, they're 1-10. and um, <laughs> And that's not even mentioning who their opponents were, but they're going to Buffalo play, uh, to play the Bills. I'm going uh, the Bills to win this game. Man, okay, so we got two Bills. Matt, I feel like you're gonna you're gonna pick the Bills too, right? I don't mean to break your heart, but I mean I would love to see uh, the Bills just. I I'm not a Josh Allen fan. I think he's a fucking loser. I hate watching. <laughs> like I don't know why he has a very punchable face, dude. Like that dude just looks like he would have been a douche in high school. So um, I would love to see them lose, but just because you look like a douchebag doesn't mean you can't play quarterback. Uh, the dude's a hell of a quarterback. I think the Bills have really figured it out. Um, I think it's really hard to go to Buffalo with Bills Mafia behind them and to beat them uh, when you definitely sneak into the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Buffalo on this one. Sorry, Chris. No, I mean, it's fair. It's fair for all the reasons you guys highlighted. And like I said, no TJ Watt is a huge blow to that defense, which has carried this team through a lot of it. I just I might take the Ted Lasso approach, guys, and just believe 
that the Steelers are going to be underestimated. I mean, yeah, it's going to be cold in Buffalo, but it's cold in Pittsburgh too. They're no strangers to playing in cold weather. They know exactly what to expect. And I think if the Bills underestimate them, they could have a chance to steal this one. I mean, despite the quarterback play, the Steelers still have some weapons on offense. When we talk about Najee Harris, George Pickens starting to break out, Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth, there's some pieces on that Steelers team that can that can make some waves. So I think I think if nothing else, this game is going to be a lot closer than people expect, or at least I hope so. So you guys can take the Bills. I'll take the Steelers, and we'll have to see how it shakes out. Now, guys... I gotta ask you, how do you wanna how do you wanna you know go through our predictions here for the rest of the way? Do you wanna do it based off what we think is gonna be the matchup or just talk more broadly about who might make it to the Super Bowl? I think we just take our matchups that we picked and we pick a winner, man. I gotta know yeah. who everybody is going with. But I gotta I gotta call back on that last comment you said, Chris. Sometimes it's just good for your soul to not believe and accept the inevitable. And I think that's what you have to do when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They got in the dance. There's your win right there. They're going to get their ass handed to them, man. Let's go, Josh Allen. Hopefully he gets punched in the face, Mason Rudolph style, but who knows? Who knows? All right, so going back up to the top, I guess here then, based off our predictions, we're going to have the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the San Francisco Giants, who will have a week of rest, need to get healthy. What? Giants. This is not baseball. San oh, the San Francisco. <laughs> Fuck them. Fuck them, right? I mean, you know, I, I agree. <laughs> they both played a candlestick park at one point. I mean, who cares? Okay, so the San Francisco 49ers, excuse me, taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Man, I'm putting the horse in front of the car. I'm talking about the San Francisco Giants. It's just been a mess. But in all honesty, the way the Eagles have been struggling and the way the 49ers have just so many weapons, Christian McCaffrey should be the MVP, if not Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to go 49ers with this one. You know what? I think we should just go down the row. And Chris, you should do all your picks for all these games and then everybody do their own. How about that? Okay. All right. I guess that's fair. So we can we can speed run this real quick. So and I guess after that, after the Eagles – 49ers matchup we'll be looking at our based off our predictions the Detroit Lions taking on the Dallas Cowboys it's based off of your own prediction Chris so whoever you picked is the oh okay all right okay I like it I like it so uh I'm going um that it's going to be the Lions Cowboys and that one again also could be interesting but the way the Cowboys have been rolling I think they could make their way into the NFC championship game so looking at 49ers Dallas in the NFC championship game. Excuse me. Heading over to the AFC. I took the Houston Texans to take on the Baltimore Ravens. Don't need to spend a lot of time talking about that. The Ravens are going to roll right through either the Browns or the Texans. It won't even matter. And they'll be in the AFC championship game. Uh, Dolphins chiefs. I took the Dolphins here and to go against the Steelers, whether it's the Steelers or the bills, ah, that could be interesting. That could be really interesting. So I think, Based off my predictions and what I was going on, I do think if the Steelers somehow manage to beat the Bills, they will not be able to overcome the Dolphins and that offense. So we could be looking at a Dolphins-Ravens AFC Championship game from my view. I like it. I like it. All right, so I'm going Eagles, 49ers, as much as it pains me, it's the 49ers. Too many offensive weapons. The Rams sneaked to the second round, but there's no way they're going to be able to topple the Dallas Cowboys. So I got Cowboys 49ers in the NFC Championship game. 
I mean, Baltimore, is it? Is there any chance that either two of these teams can topple them? No, not at all. They're just a well-oiled machine right now. I think far and above the best team in the NFL. And then Chiefs, Buffalo Bills. This is the one. Josh Allen has to get it done if he wants to start solidifying himself as one of the, be the best quarterbacks in the league. We know he's one of the better ones, but if he wants to be one of the best, I need him to make this AFC championship game. So I'll give it to him this season. So I got Ravens and Bills in the AFC championship. All right, let's start it off. Uh, Eagles, 49ers. 49ers are going to win. Um, they're the best team in the NFL. Um, going on, I had uh, the Lions against Cowboys. I think uh, Lions are going to sputter out. Cowboys are going to beat them. So I also got 49ers. And the Cowboys in that NFC Championship game. Going on, I had Texans against the Ravens. I'm with you guys. Um, Ravens are the second best team in the NFL. So Ravens are going to win that matchup. Um, I had the Chiefs against the Bills. Um, I, that's, a, that's a good rivalry right there. Um, I got the Chiefs pulling out. They're going to get it going like we we're talking about. Um, so I got Ravens and Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Very chalk. I'm sorry. I mean, if that's yeah, mine, pretty much the exact same. What's funny is we all had maybe a little bit different first rounds, but no matter what, all of our teams in the, net, in the NFC and AFC championships are exactly the same. Uh, to start it from the top, San Francisco. Yeah, I think San Francisco is one of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best team in the NFL. So I give it to them to be in the NFC championship game. Uh, Detroit Cowboys. I think Detroit just... I think uh, golf falls apart against that defense. I think Micah Parsons runs house on them. And I'm predicting a couple defensive touchdowns, probably. Uh, so I got Dallas going against San Francisco in the NFC Championship. Uh, going down to here, I said that it was going to be Cleveland because I don't like Ohio State and C.J. Stroud. So I do not think Cleveland has what it takes to stop Lamar. I think Lamar right now is at the peak Lamar Jackson. I think that team is playing and they're hot at the perfect time. So I'm going to take uh, the Ravens going to the AFC Championship. And then just that normal, awesome, I love watching this rivalry every playoffs it seems like it's been every playoff because we had the 13 second craziness i got kansas city buffalo i got kansas city pulling that one out to go to the afc championship with my boy patty mahomes so pretty basic same as everybody else hey i mean fair enough the if nothing else despite their struggles the kansas city chiefs have that experience in the playoffs they've been to the super bowl several times and the head coaching is just un unparalleled what uh, Andy Reid has done with the Eagles and then the Chiefs is absolutely incredible. He's one of those all-time coaches, and I expect that the Chiefs will, if if despite their regular season struggles, they will be able to play playoff football without a doubt. So, guys, hard to disagree, but now we're looking at championship weekend a couple weeks out. Uh, I, based off my bracket, have the 49ers going up against the Dallas Cowboys for a shot at the Super Bowl. And that uh, that could honestly be a toss-up, right? Because when you look at the Cowboys, they probably have the better defense. But the 49ers definitely, in my opinion, have the better offense. Uh, it's tough, man, because we did see Brock Purdy struggle a little bit. Mm, I just think the Cowboys have that tendency to choke, man. So I think I got to pick the San Francisco 49ers to make it to the Super Bowl this year. And who are they going to face between the Baltimore Ravens and the, what I say, Kansas City Chiefs or Miami Dolphins? No matter who it is, I think the Ravens are going to roll right through whoever their opponent is and make their way to the Super Bowl. And we're going to see a, a rematch, I guess, from, from several years back of the 49ers versus the Baltimore Ravens in the Super Bowl. What's the Harbaugh Bowl? 
The Harbowl. That's the the lights out game. The Harbowl. Yeah, the lights out game. The lights out. It wasn't it because Beyonce just shut down the, the the stage. That's what it was. They fucking run the world, dude. So no matter what, this NFC Championship absolutely disgusts me. I just want to vomit and just projectile vomit all over the television screen when both of these teams are playing. Man, it's so hard to pick against the San Francisco 49ers. I think they just have way too many weapons at the end of the day. But fuck it. I'll go ahead and say the Dallas Cowboys just to be different at the end of the day. I think it is kind of closer to a toss-up. But why not? We'll have the Dallas Cowboys go to the Super Bowl. And how do you pick against Lamar Jackson? How how do you? I mean – he, he just brings so many different aspects to the field from the quarterback position. The things that we hope that we can get for Kyler Murray, but just at a freakish level, man. I want to pick the Buffalo Bills. I've liked where they've been going over the past couple of seasons. And you guys know me when it comes to teams. I feel like you got to go through the mud to finally find yourself on the mountaintop. And the Bills are getting close, but I still think they're not there. So go with the Ravens. All right. I um I second you, Mike, on this NFC Champions Championship game matchup. It is disgusting, but uh, I'm going to go 49ers. I already mentioned I think they're the best team in the league. And also, they absolutely boat raced the Dallas Cowboys in the regular season, beating them by 32 points. And I think that's going to happen again. Uh, San Francisco is going to glide their way up into the, the Super Bowl to represent the NFC. I'm going on uh, to the AFC Ravens. Uh, Chiefs, I, you can't pick against the Ravens. I'm with you on that. Um, so I think it's going to be 49ers, Ravens, rematch of our lights out game. Yeah, it seems like we're all consensus here. Uh, Sam, I hate both these fucking teams. So this is disgusting to even say either one of these are going to have a chance to play in the Super Bowl. Um, I think it's really hard to bet against San Francisco as much as I think, I think that game that they played uh, week six or week seven was Brock Purdy's coming out party. That was the one where everybody was like, oh shit, like this kid, he's for real. Like this kid can actually play against some great defenses. Cause we all knew Dallas was a great defense. So I'm going to have San Francisco. I think it's going to be a really close game. I think it's going to come down to a field goal um, or something like that. So I'm going to have San Francisco winning that out against the Cowboys. And then I had the Ravens against the bills or Ravens against the chiefs. Um, Oh man, that one, that one for me feels a little bit harder than San Francisco and, uh, and Dallas. I'm probably, I'm probably going to give it to Lamar. I think the mobility, I think him, I just, I think they're hot right now. I think the ability for them to be as mobile as he is, is going to play a big part in it. So I'm, I'm going to hope for something a little bit different. I don't want to see, I think this is a great year to see Patty Mahomes yelling on the sidelines, screaming at refs and, Finally, America's love story with the Chiefs is finally over. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, <laughs> excited for that to be out of the way. We don't have to see Taylor Swift at the fucking Super Bowl. That would be really cool to not have to deal with that either. So uh, let's just leave it to football. I want to see Ravens, San Francisco. Oh, I'm not watching it if Taylor Swift's there. We, yeah, we can't <laughs> have the Chiefs in the Super Bowl <laughs> just for that. that reason. Fuck that. Watch it happen. Own it. The script is in. Boycotting that shit. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if the NFL had their way, it'd be great for Raven or for uh, the NFL because 
all the Swifties would have more incentive to watch the Super Bowl and tune in and talk about like, did you know that Travis Kelsey is actually a good player? Like, I didn't. I, did you know Travis Kelsey is my favorite player? Oh, uh, you seen all the people buy Travis Kelsey jerseys and they have his last name spelled wrong? I did not see that. Oh, but that yeah, yeah, was yeah, not surprised. Yeah, a couple pictures. Like yeah. Kelsey. Yeah, it is hilarious. <laughs> like, like the female first name, like yeah, Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's okay. got like Kelsey. That's pretty fucking. Dick, oh man, it's great. But, uh, okay, I'm just gonna watch. I'm, no, if that happens, I'm watching the Nickelodeon stream. <laughs> He's watching the Puppy Bowl. Instead. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll watch the Puppy Bowl. <laughs> yeah, <I was> right. <laughs> God damn it. If that happens, there might have to be a drinking game of sorts, where it's Dude. like every time the camera pans to Taylor Swift, you have to take a drink and wall be in the hospital with alcohol be poisoning. Black by the fucking ha- like halftime show, you wouldn't know shit. Yeah, I'd be Michael Floyd in it. There's, there's got there would probably be some fun like uh those props they always do for the uh super bowl it'd probably be like how many times does taylor swift's name get mentioned it's like i would probably take over 45 yeah. it would be insane but yeah. anyway back to football right so we're looking at the super bowl and a lot is subject to change right like anything could happen it only takes one gnarly injury or one bounce to go the wrong way for any of these games to turn out differently but as I see it right now, we're looking, like we said, the rematch of the Harbaugh Bowl, San Francisco versus Baltimore. And man, just the way Baltimore steamrolled the 49ers on Christmas Day, Brock Purdy threw four interceptions, the worst game of his career so far. Could they have figured it out? Could they look at that tape and make some adjustments? Maybe. And it pains me to say this, absolutely pains me to say this, but I really think if I had to pick between those two teams, that it's going to be a Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl win, guys. Oh, man, they're pulling at your heartstrings, Chris. I'm sorry. But I was a little bit different, right? I threw caution to the wind. I picked the Dallas Cowboys. Don't know why the hell I did that, but we're going to stick with it, I guess. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because they're not them boys. They're not going to be able to pull it out against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. I think this one's easy. If it does go this route, it's going to be Baltimore. All right. Um, I got 49ers against the Ravens. Um, as long as Christian McCaffrey's healthy and playing, I, I got 49ers winning that game. Yeah, I think it, it it comes down to what happens the first two weeks. Who gets hurt? Anybody crazy? Anything like that? Um, I think if it's a healthy Christian McCaffrey, healthy San Francisco offense, uh, I just think there's too many too many things. There's too many tools. Like Lamar doesn't play defense, so it's just I think it's San Francisco. Unfortunately, as shitty as it's going to be uh, to see that, it's going to fucking. Suck, yeah, I mean the, the Ravens have a great defense as well, but yeah, uh, the. 49ers are going to get their redemption from Christmas. How about that? Yeah, I mean, we'll just, we'll just have to see. As of January 8th, the sportsbooks had the San Francisco 49ers favorite at plus 230 and the Baltimore Ravens at plus 350. So, guys, it sounds like we did a pretty good job of picking our uh, perspective, you know, at least the matchup, at least who we think is going to make it there. And, and honestly – in the NFL, we talk about the parity in the league and how good these guys are. It's a toss-up. It's it's really hard to say, but 
it, it'll be fun. It'll be fun either way. I'm really excited for the NFL playoffs either way, um, whether the Steelers make it past this wild card round or not. I'm going to be watching and tuning in every week, probably losing some money on sports books and sports bets. Maybe we'll see a Tallman ticket. It was so close to winning in the Super Bowl last year. His one play that almost had it. Uh, and he's got plenty of time to cook something up. So, guys, it's getting to be that time. We've been going for a little over an hour and a half here. So I think it's time to wrap it up. But I got to know if you guys have any last thoughts on the NFL, the playoffs, anything sports related. So we'll start uh, with our guest, Mr. T Jr. What you got? Uh, I want to give a big shout out to uh, University of fucking Michigan. Let's go, dude. Go blue. Go fucking John Hart, Jim Harbaugh, whatever the fuck. Go Blake Corum. I want to see J.J. McCarthy get drafted by the Denver Broncos. I want to see Blake Corum go ball out somewhere. Uh, dude, it was wild. Fucking awesome. It was a lot of fun to watch that game. But uh, go blue, baby. Yeah, I, was, I want to say that was a good game. But honestly, Michigan was in control that whole time. And the very last Pac-12 football game we'll ever see. Um, so passing it over to your brother here, VSP, tell me what you got for the people. Yeah, um, just ready for the wild card weekend, man. I, I'm with you. I already placed a couple bets. <laughs> of course you did. Of course yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, so let's let's see if uh, let's see what happens. See if we can get a little little magical. Let's see if you can get one to. We can get you to post one for the people. Oh, th- there'll be more to come. Okay. Dope, yeah, dope, I, dope. I got all day tomorrow. Just sit there and scheme i was i was gonna say something <laughs> inappropriate i'm not gonna say it well as long as it's not gonna get us kicked off youtube uh you know you can say whatever you want here on valley sports blog this ain't this ain't the federally monitored radio or anything oh man hey well the last thing that i'll say appreciate both y'all we got t squared in the building man it's nothing but a blast when the tallman brothers are together Matt, you're always welcome back, man. We appreciate your insight. Also, give a shout out to Ben and his newborn doing the dad duties. And Matt, he's had plenty of kids. He's already been doing the dad duties, but appreciate everybody. Let's have some more football fun, man. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. Absolutely. I appreciate you fellas being on here. Shout out to Matt and Matt and Ben Miller, VSP Tallman and Michael Benjamin, of course. I'm going to have these two boys over to the Valley Sports Plug Studios to record the Heat Check podcast this Saturday, so expect that to come out early next week. You know we're going to keep bringing you all of the best Valley Sports content, so make sure you're subscribing right here on YouTube for all of the Valley Sports and Cardinals and Suns action. We got a Suns recap we put out yesterday, Cardinals recap today, so you know we're going to keep bringing it to you. And if you made it this far, whether you're watching on the live stream or listening back on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or right here on YouTube, we appreciate you so much, and you are the reason that we keep it going. Plenty of big announcements to come and exciting things to come in 2024, and we're happy to bring it to you. So until next time, I'm Chris Patrick. For Michael Benjamin, VSP Tallman, and Mr. T Jr., we'll see you next time. Peace.